Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Penn Station Sports Talk. I'm Jay. I'm your host. We're here with Tom and Justin. Crazy, crazy week last week. The NFL draft occurred. A lot went down. Lots of trades, lots of surprising picks. And overall, we won't know if any of these picks worked out until they start playing. So all we can do now is speculate about it. But a lot went down. And I think the first thing... I want to bring up because we're Penn Station and because we, you know, are in the New York area. First thing I want to talk about is the Giants draft. And I just want to start by saying I really liked some parts of it. I didn't like others. Part I liked about it, I like how Dave Gettleman finally traded back. He hadn't done that in his career, finally did. And it was a good trade back for both teams. The Bears get their quarterback, which we'll talk about. The Giants get a first-rounder next year. They got other draft capital from it. And then they took a receiver, which at the time, they took Kadarius Toney out of Florida. Um, I, I did somewhat want a receiver. I didn't know if it was Tony. I feel like they might have reached. But as I'm hearing in the past few days, a lot of analysts like Tony and actually had him going um, in the first round. So Maybe it'll work out, but again, we don't know. I, I do like the pick more than now than I did when it first happened. Second round, I thought that was a steal getting Aziz Ojulari in the second round. I had him going in the first round, 21st overall. And someone said, someone mentioned on, I think it might have been TikTok or something, that if the Giants had picked Ojulari 20th and Tony 50th, that would have made a lot of sense too. So I think the Giants got two solid picks there. One thing I didn't like that they did, I didn't like that they didn't draft an offensive lineman in this draft. They do have some young linemen that they believe in. I still think we should have drafted some more for depth. Can never have enough. I always say that. Can never have too much offensive line help. But overall, those are my beginning thoughts about the draft. Tom, you're a Giants fan too. Let's hear your thoughts about the Giants draft. Yeah, so I, I really liked it overall. It was clear that Dave Goldman decided that he was just going to take the best player available. He wanted guys who he had scouted thoroughly because with this season, you never really know what's going to happen. Like there's injury concerns popping up every day now, like different medical reports, medical reports coming out. Like Aziz Ojolari's draft stock fell hard after a reported ACL tear from his high school season, like his senior year in high school season kind of messed him up a little bit. And that, and then people started saying he had a digit knee when most people don't think he does so he started to fall I, I like the Kadarius Tony pick like a little bit he's he clearly fits fits a need for the Giants we don't really have a true wide receiver who can run out of the catch and get separation um yeah uh, Urban Meyer said that he wasn't getting past 25 so we we know that's a solid pick if other head coaches are really clamoring over the guy like that um overall we just picked guys who were just solid players and uh we didn't really pick for need which i kind of think is probably sometimes better but once you get into third fourth round you're finding guys who if if they're perfect they're going to start but most of the time you're not and then third third day guys are a lot just like they're not going to play most of the time in the first year so like taking a high upside guy like a like an Ellerson Smith or like, you know, like a Rodarius Williams. There's there's no reason why why they shouldn't if they if they like them a lot. So I kind of like the draft and especially getting the 
first round pick and a third round pick next year. I think we're in this Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes, which is pretty sick. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't think Rodgers will come here, but they he should like. Come. <laughs> Funny you bring that up, Aaron Rodgers. What what a story that is. But um, I, I I'm also of the sometimes taking the best player available is the move. We've seen it work out before. But I'm also going to mention, we did take positions of need. We did need, I get we got Kenny Galladay, but we did need a receiver still. I think we should have taken that later on, but what's been done has been done. I think that was a position of need. So was uh, edge rusher. I, I, I think we got some pass rush from Leonard Williams. I think the Giants still needed a, a big-time pass rusher, which Ojulari could be. So I think we did draft by need. And we also drafted, I think it was a combination of Hey, this Tony, we like Kadarius Tony. He says a need any. I think he's the best player on our board. We'll go with him. Same with Ojolari, who I don't know how he fell to us, but he did somehow. It's just, it's, it's, I think it was a very good draft. Not many people think uh, are giving the Giants credit here. I think they should. It was a great draft for the Giants. Justin, what are your thoughts about the Giants draft? Yeah, I, I think you guys hit it pretty well, like nail on the head there. Like, I think the trade back with the Bears was after obviously the the Eagles with like screwing the Giants over there with the trade with the Cowboys. I think Dave Gettleman made a very good move. I think in the past, like with Jerry Reese, they would have just reached and taken a player there. And I think getting the first round pick for next year was good. I like Kadarius Tony. He seems like a similar version to Jalen Waddle, which I think is what this Giants offense is missing. And it does fill a need. I think this is probably the last year after this pick with of Sterling Shepard. So this will help the offense be more explosive. But I think the best part of the draft was the second round getting, I had Aziz Ojulari getting picked at 11 by the Giants in my mock draft. So I think it was an excellent pick to trade back and this, get a free third rounder, get Aziz Ojulari was really good. I don't really like how they attacked the like third, fourth, sixth rounds of the draft. I think they really need to fill the offensive line. And I don't have that much after last season. I don't have a ton of confidence in the O-line, so I would have liked to see them pick a guard. But overall, I think it was a solid draft. I think it got better, the offensive line, as the season went on. Is it great? Is it is it even good? Not really. But I guess I, I like Joe Judge. I have my faith in him. So I think he knows what he's doing in the draft room. I think he knows what he's doing with his offensive line. I'm going to trust him this year to, to – I think his mindset is, listen, these guys are young. They're, they're learning. They're coming together. And I trust him this time. But if, if we this goes awry, then next year's got to be offensive line. Now, have had we stayed at 11, I, I love the trade. Had we stayed at 11, I would have liked Rashawn Slater or something. Uh, Dara saw one of those types of guys. But And then the second round, I also was looking at maybe Samuel Cosby, uh, the guy that the football team ended up drafting, who I had them taking, but not in the second round. One of those guys might have helped, but – Overall, I think it was a good draft. Now I'll talk about the other New York team, the Jets. I think they had, a, they had a fantastic draft. Now, my thing is, I'm not the biggest Zach Wilson believer. I know Tom's shaking his head. He like he loves Zach Wilson. <laughs> but uh, 
I don't know. I just think Justin Fields is better now. In ten years, like I said, Zach Wilson could be a, a Hall of Famer, and Fields could could maybe not be. Either way, they got a guy they believe in in a franchise quarterback. They traded up to get a guard who can maybe move the tackle that's going to protect that franchise quarterback with Mekhi Becton and that offensive line. And then they just got they got Elijah Moore, who I don't know if I love – I like him. I'm not sure if I love that pick because they have Corey Davis and Jamison Crowder. Otherwise, still like a speedy receiver that's, that's, that can make some plays with the ball in his hands. I think it was a good draft for the Jets. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. I think it was a – Jets had a very good draft. I think they got their franchise quarterback. Obviously, is he the right pick? Is he not? We won't know for at least like two to three years. But the, the trade-up I thought was a little interesting. I They gave up a lot to move up to get Elijah Vera Tucker, but I like Elijah Vera Tucker as a prospect, and I think it's important to – protect your investment so I'm not against it but it was I found that to be interesting and I find that Elijah Moore fit also to be interesting like I he's was in probably my one or two in the second tier of wide receivers so I, I like the pick it's just I'm not sure about the fit with it but overall if they make it work they got a lot of talent yeah I, I like the Jets trap they get Zach Wilson who was my quarterback too he, he's great, especially when he's moving out of the pocket. Um, they trade up to get their guy with Elijah Ware Tucker at 13. I think they kind of – or 14. I think they kind of went up a little too high. I don't think they needed to move up that far to get him. But if if he was going to go and they knew that from league sources around around wherever they wanted to be, I think that is a good trade up. Elijah Moore is a great player. Um yeah, you already have Jameson Crowder and Corey Davis, as uh, Jay said. So it's not it's not great, but he is a great player. And him slipping into the second round, you might as well take him. Michael Carter is probably going to be their starting running back day one. They take another Michael Carter, which, I mean, that's just cool. There's <laughs> nothing really about that. I love that. And then uh, Hamsa Nusiruladeen, the safety out of Florida State, is pretty solid. So overall, I like the, I like the draft from the Jets. Um. Yeah, that's about it. Also, another thing to be mentioned: they drafted a receiver in the second round last year, Denzel Mims. Who, um, I'm, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, he was injured for part of last season. Played a little bit, showed some signs. Also, have him there. So I, I don't really, I don't really know why they felt so inclined. Maybe they really like Elijah Moore. He could be great. Uh, it just seems like you know, they kind of invested in a receiver last year and they, they went and got one in Corey Davis. So I, I'm not too sure where that pick came from. I guess anything that offense was dreadful. So anything to bolster that with uh, Mike, I believe Michael floor is the uh, new offensive coordinator, Robert Sala. I hate, you know, I'm not a Jeff fan. I don't mean, I hate to say this. I don't have anything against the jets, but things are looking up there. I, I really like, I really like Robert Sala. He's in, <laughs> very intimidating man. I'll just put it that way. Like he, he, I don't want to get yelled at by him. That's for sure. But uh, yeah, it, it's, it's one of those things that it looks nice on paper. Michael floor, obviously I think I like him a lot as well. You know, Matt LaFleur obviously is his, is his brother coach of the Packers who have uh, just made it to the uh, NFC championship game. And the draft was great. 
like I said, so I, I really think things are looking up for the Jets, could be looking up for the Giants too. Uh, I guess now what I'd like to do, I want to go over <laughs> uh, some of our favorite and some of our least favorite picks. I have to start because I have to rant a little bit about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, they had a great draft, but them taking Travis Etienne 25th overall was one of the most boneheaded picks I've ever seen. I've played Madden and I've done some stupid things on Madden with drafting, but I haven't done anything like that. Number one, running back is the most replaceable position in football. I'll take that to the grave with me. Number two, they had a running back who was already good. They had James Robinson who had like 1200 yards as a rookie. So they already, they, they, picked a position that they didn't need when they had, that was probably their best position to be honest with you. That team is dreadful and their best position was probably their running back. And they took another one when they had pass rushing needs, they had offensive line needs. They had, they had pretty much anything besides the quarterback at that point and the running back they could have used an, an asset for, but no, they take Travis Etienne and there's speculation that Trevor Lawrence wanted to be with his teammate I'm sorry. I'm not letting a guy that I just drafted first overall. I get he's your franchise. I'm still not letting him tell me who to draft because if he wants to win, he can't do that when his defense is giving up 30 points, 40 points, when, when he's getting sacked 10 times a game. So taking ETN, yes, he's dynamic. I like him a lot, ETN, actually. Just not, not the team. He could have went to any other team. Totally disagree with the pick. Totally absurd that they even went in that direction. Other than that, that's all I had to say about the Jags. I'll let Tom take it from here. Yeah, so I've got a lot of likes because there's so many guys who fell, like, farther into the draft. I'm just going to name, like, a couple that I really liked. So um, you got Christian Derisaw falling into the mid-20s to the Vikings. You got uh, – what else? You got Asante Samuel to the Chargers in the mid-second round. Christian Barmore to the Pats in the early second round. Uh, Tevin Jenkins was a great pick. Uh, who even took him? I don't even remember. Uh, the Bears took him in the second round. Okay. Yeah, that's another great pick. Um, Aziz Ojolari. I like Andre Sisco a lot at the top of the third round to the Jags. He's a great upside safety. Uh, Milton Williams to the Eagles. Uh, Paul Sandivo to the Saints, Ronnie Perkins to the Patriots again. The Patriots had an amazing draft. I just want to say that. Um, and then some some day three guys to watch out for. Uh, of course, Michael Carter, as I said, Tylen Wallace, Marco Wilson, Revan Jordan, Cameron McGrone, Deontay Brown, Stone Forsyth, Jalen Camp, Brady Breeze, Trey Smith, and Patrick Johnson. Listen, just uh, like, I'm just going to say – I think it's interesting you mentioned the Patriots because I'll be honest, the Patriots are not known for being very good drafters. I mean, not in the early rounds. I feel like every year everyone's always getting on them for not having a good draft. They did have a good draft. Yeah. I think if, if anyone's going to make Mac Jones a superstar, it's going to be Bill Belichick. If anyone's going to, you know, um, I, I think they did have a good draft. You're right, Tom. I, I really think they did. And, it's like one of those things. He, I don't know if he's going to be the starter necessarily. Could still be Cam Newton, and they're going to have a competition. 
But yeah, yeah after the off season, well, after the off season, I had already said, like after like free agency, I had already said the Patriots are the winners of the off season, no matter what happens in the draft. Oh, yeah, you're most likely they, right. They, yeah, and, and then they go and have an amazing draft, and there's just there's just no way you can pass up. The Patriots are going to be a playoff team again this year. You might be yeah, right. They- I know they got Trent Brown from the Raiders. I'm 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 most positive about. It. They got Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith. Um, a lot of a lot of great players there. But yeah, I also like the Darisaw pick. I didn't think he was going to fall that far. I had him going um, – I actually did have – oh, wait, that's another one. I had the Vikings taking him, just not 23rd at 14. So that was another pick that I saw the Vikings being interested in. Another thing I want to mention about the Vikings, um, they took Kellen Mond in the third – I believe it was the first or second – early in the third round they took Kellen Mond, which I I think that's interesting. I, I even thought they could have maybe went Justin Fields in the first round. Because I think Kirk Cousins has one or two years left on his contract. I think it's a great fit for Mond. He's a very like um, off script type quarterback. Quarterback that works well with play actions and rolling out. And I think that that Vikings offense with Dalvin Cook and that run game is is very centered around that. So I think uh, him being there, let him learn a little bit. I know Kirk Cousins probably isn't the best teacher, but let him learn. And this way, maybe when when Kirk Cousins does either leave or retires, you have a guy waiting in the wings that you believe in as a franchise quarterback to take over then. Also, quarterbacks that were taken like Kyle Trask to the Buccaneers think that was the best case scenario for him. And Davis Mills to the Texans. Honestly, I think the Texans are preparing for Deshaun Watson not to be playing this year. I don't know if they necessarily believe that Davis Mills is going to start from day one but they're preparing in case he doesn't. I think they also had a good draft too. But those were some interesting quarterbacks I think were, were drafted. Any thoughts, guys? Yeah, yeah I do want to oh. – uh, yeah, yeah. all right, I'll take it. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. Uh, so I just want to m- mention like the Justin Fields fall was a little weird to me. Uh, the Broncos, I think, should have taken him. And then it gets to the Panthers and – Maybe you want to take him, but you just invested in Sam Darnold a good amount, so maybe you don't. And then he gets to it gets to where the Eagles trade up, and I'm like, all right, this has to be Justin Fields. And then they take Devontae Smith, and then the Giants are up, and I'm like, you know what? Daniel Jones had more turnovers than touchdowns last year. Let's take him. And then they just don't, and they trade back with the Bears, which I, I was cool with. But I like, was all in for Justin Fields, by the way. Yeah, I was like hyping myself up for that too. Yeah, Justin Fields gets there, and I'm like why not just take him? Like he fell to you, just do it. And they didn't, they didn't pull the trigger, but it was, it was still a good trade back. So I'm fine with it, but Justin Fields was a weird fall. And I just wanted to mention that. Yeah. Apparently the Minnesota Vikings were actually in the running to trade up for Justin Fields with the giants, which I found to be very interesting. So obviously the Vikings, they don't have very much faith in Kirk cousins for the long term, So, It'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens there with that, especially since they drafted a quarterback in the third round. Yeah, I wouldn't have faith in him either. I'm not. A, I don't like Kirk Cousins very much. I think I've made that clear on this on this show, but I I didn't know that actually. It's interesting they were in the running. My my theory 
Because honestly, moving back to 14 probably would have been better. But my theory is that they probably weren't offering a first rounder, like a, a future first. They might have offered, obviously, the 14th pick, but they probably didn't offer a 2022 first, which is, I think, why Gettleman went with the Bears. It ended up working out. By the way, the Bears might have just found their franchise quarterback. If you look at their history, they had never really had a franchise quarterback. I, I it, it's, it's hard to say this, but I think their best franchise quarterback – their best quarterback of all time is Jay Cutler. And, he had a cannon. Uh, he did. Smoking Jay. But <laughs> if if he's your, your best quarterback you've ever had in a team that's had such a long history, that isn't very good. So I think Justin Fields is going to go there. They say that's where quarterbacks go to die. I say heck to that. I say Justin Fields goes in there and shows everyone – the first 10 teams and not like a Josh Rosen thing, but he shows the first 10 teams why they should have drafted him. And he goes there and, and does whatever he's going to do there. But yeah, I, I think like Justin said, the Kellen Mond thing was uh, very interesting. I don't, I don't think they believe in Kirk Cousins either. And like I said, Kyle Trask to the Buccaneers, that was the best case scenario. I think Trask, I don't think he's going to be um, horrible. I don't know if he's starter capability but I will say if he was going to go anywhere to possibly become a great quarterback it was going to be behind Tom Brady so I, I think that works out for him and Davis Mills like I said I don't the Texans I think anticipate you know legal trouble with Watson and him might not maybe not playing so that I, I think they, they're just going to hit reboot um, I think they've been hitting reboot on that whole franchise since they traded away Hopkins but and they're really doing it now. Yeah, I, I like that Kyle Trask pick in the second round. It puts so much less pressure on like the organization and the starting quarterback when you take that quarterback in the second round. Because like obviously Tom Brady, he'll be the starter for this year and probably the year after that. So then you're not like pressured, like, oh, we need to make sure that this guy's good. Like they can just let him sit back there, see if he's good. Then once Tom Brady moves on, they could just take one in the first round. So I like how they set that up. Yeah, I'm not in on Kyle Trask at all as a player. He's played two seasons, like since high, like the his freshman year of high school. He played a senior season in high school and then he played a senior season in college. And uh you know, he, he was all right. He was he was fine. But like he's just like a backup. He's hot and cold. He's never he's never really like truly on for a full season. He's not going to give you everything he can because he just has streaks where he just loses confidence and gets worse. And uh yeah, if if he can start to start to gain confidence, I think he can be like kind of like a Nick Foles type where he comes in and he could be a low level starter. But, like, he can also come off the bench and really carry a team if someone gets hurt. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really hate the pick, but I'm definitely not in on it. I wish yeah. that Tom Brady was able to mentor Mac Jones because I feel like that would be, the, like, the perfect pairing there. If Because Mac Jones, I feel like he sort of reminds me of, like, a young Tom Brady, except obviously, you know, he's not – probably won't be as good as Tom Brady is, but – just sort of like that pocket passer, good decision-making. I feel like he would really benefit from that. You're definitely right. Um, 
That's that was my concern with Mac Jones and still is, is that he's not mobile. In today's NFL, you either you 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 gotta be somewhat mobile. You can't be a statue back there. I mean, some teams make it work, like the like the Buccaneers make it work because Brady is a statue, but he's 43. Like, what do you expect? But yeah, Trask, I agree with Tom. I, I don't see much from him that I like. It, it's it's kind of just he has attributes that you could like. He's also not very mobile either, but we'll see. Maybe if Brady and, and Bruce Arians work with him, uh, Byron left, which the offensive coordinator, they work with him, maybe we'll we'll see that turn out to be a, a good pick after all. Um, now I kind of want to talk about who, who we think the winners and the losers of this draft were. There are a lot of candidates here. So I guess I'm going to pick three teams that I think were, were winners in this draft, three teams that I think were losers in this draft. I think my winners, I got to go with the Jets. Like I said, I'm not sure if I believe in Zach Wilson. By the way, I just want to bring up a stat about Zach Wilson. Number one, he only was one, he was a one-year starter at BYU. Number two, against teams with 10-plus wins, he was 0-5. I believe, or he, he had some sort of losing record and he had a terrible touchdown to interception ratio. So those are two things that concern me. I think he could be good. I'm just saying those are concerns, but I still think they had a great draft besides that. Number two, uh, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Jeremiah Owosu Koromoa, who fell to them, which is another pick that was great. That let me say the giant. I also wanted the Giants to maybe take him. I'm glad we got Aziz, but he fell farther than that when he was supposed to go in the first round. And the Browns, who I said were already the most talented roster, I think their one weak spot was the, their linebackers. And now they get this guy, Jay, Joe, uh, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, on their defense. That was great for them. I think they had a great draft. Um, I love what they did. And I think they're the team that is going to – I think they're my favorite in the AFC to beat the Chiefs this year. I think they just have too, too much talent. And then I guess my third winner, I'm, you know what? I'm going to have to go with the Giants. I know that's – not many people are giving them credit, but I, I really think the, they got capital for next year. They have got a receiver who's explosive and can make plays. They got a pass rusher who, who fell to them. They got some depth pieces later in the draft. They got a corner in the third round. I like what they did. I know many people don't give them credit for, for, for a good draft, but I really like what they did. So I'm there are my three winners. And then my losers, number one's the Oakland, not the, the Las Vegas Raiders. They have a history now of reaching for players and they did it again. Alex Leatherwood, I had him going 31st and they took him 17th when there was still good linemen on the board. Like Darisaw was still there. Um, I think they really reached on that one, but who knows? Maybe it'll turn out to be a good pick after all. Other than that, I didn't see much in the later rounds that I liked from them. I just think that it was, it was not a great few days for the Las Vegas Raiders. My second loser of this draft, I would have to say, as you know, as much as I like the Packers, I think they also lost in this draft. They once again they ignored in the first round and they ignored the receiver position. There were some guys that were still on the board. 
I believe Elijah Moore was there. Uh, Rondale Moore was on the board still. Some good, some good receivers that Aaron Rodgers would have liked to have. And again, they 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 didn't go with any of them. Uh, they just they just for and and I think they have just beef with Aaron Rodgers now, which has just gotten out of control. Which is that's a whole other thing to talk about. But I didn't like I never liked their drafts when they don't help out Aaron Rodgers, who I think is a maybe the best quarterback talent wise of all time. And then finally, my last loser of this, of this draft, and this is going to be very unpopular, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I get they took Trevor Lawrence. They got their franchise guy, but I just can't get over them taking ETN 25th. I just can't can't get by that. That is just inexcusable. When that is, number one, the most replaceable position, and number two, a position that you had a guy that was already – talented it just didn't make sense I think that pushed them back they could have gotten someone else there they could have gotten Ojulari they could have gotten uh, uh Koromoa Peyton Turner one of these guys that were still on the board and they just refused to do it so those are my winners and losers I know they're a bit surprising but that's truthfully what I think Justin how about you yeah, before I get into it, I, I definitely agree with the NTNE pick like that. I don't understand why they were doing that. Like James Robinson showed he was like probably a top five running back in the entire NFL. So that that really just made no sense to me at all why that was the pick. I think they only did it just because they missed out on Kadarius Tony and they wanted like a playmaker, but they should have went with it better myself. There you go. Yeah, they should have went with a wide receiver or something. There were plenty of them to get, so I, I don't understand it. But for some of my winners, I thought that the actually the Philadelphia Eagles were one of my winners. I think going up, getting the player that you want is always a good strategy, and getting Devontae Smith in the first round to help out Jalen Hurts. I like what they did there. I think he's going to fit in really well in Philadelphia, and instead of like – taking a quarterback or something. They went with the game plan, went with that offense that did have success last year. And I like the Landon Dickerson pick in the second round as well. That that's like a high upside pick. You know, he had, he's had a bad injury history, but if he pans out, he could be one of the best guards in the entire league in his rookie year, which would, which would end up being a very good pick. And another team that I thought had a good draft was also the New York giants. I think making that trade back after the Eagles jumped them to snag a first rounder for next year was an excellent move. I think trading back in the third round to snag, I mean, the second round to snag a third round pick for 2022 was an excellent move as well. And they got high quality people. Kadarius Tony, he's going to fit in the offense well. They had a needed edge, addressed that with Zizo Jullari. And Aaron Robinson, I probably wouldn't have went corner in the third round, but he'll fit in there nicely in the slot. And probably for my third winner of the first round, I mean, of the draft would be the Cleveland Browns. I, I love Jeremiah Usu Koromoa in the second round. I, I had him actually going to the Browns in the first round of my mock draft, and they were able to pick up Greg Newsome the third as well. I thought that was a very good draft for them, and they addressed a lot of their needs, and they're going to be a – I think they'll be a Super Bowl contender for next year. And then my three losers would be – number one would be the Denver Broncos – 
Justin Fields was sitting there for them at nine. I'm not sure why they didn't take him. I, the reports are saying it's because they're in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. But if you have a talent, like a talent like that, a guy who can be a franchise quarterback sitting for you at nine, I think you have to pull the trigger. And that, that was actually very surprising to me that they didn't in that situation. And my second loser, that would, as Jay said, that would be the Las Vegas Raiders. The Alex Leatherwood pick was definitely, I felt a reach with, there was still Tevin Jenkins and Christian Derisau on the board. And I had uh, Alex Leatherwood more of a second round pick just because we don't really know if he'll be able to be a year one, year two starting tackle yet. But we'll see how that works out. Maybe they had some inside information on him in which they saw a lot more potential, but I really thought that was an interesting pick. And then my third loser of the draft, that would be a tough one. I would have to go with the Packers probably as well. Uh, not addressing the wide receiver position in the first round and the Aaron Rodgers news that came out, both of those things together sort of just, had made it a failure draft for them. It's I, I don't know what direction they should really go in. I You have to stick with Aaron Rodgers. But if they had drafted a wide receiver in the first round, that might have calmed some of the it down and gotten Aaron Rodgers back in. I almost feel like they didn't draft a receiver because they're, like, sticking it to him. I don't know what the Packers organization had. I don't know what – a lot of people don't like Aaron Rodgers. I love it. I love him – for how he is, he's just a bad man. And I, I think it's almost like the, the organization just wants to, like, piss him off. Like, they want him to be angry, which is not right. I think he deserves better. I would have loved if he went to the 49ers because they would have been my Super Bowl pick then and there. But, yeah, Justin, you're right. The, the You know, the uh, Broncos had Justin Fields looking right at them, and they didn't take him. And then they took a corner which really wasn't a position of need necessarily. They had, I think his name is uh, Bryce Callahan and some, some other um, guys, some young, other young players. Um, what's his name? Well, they got Kyle Fuller and they got Ronald yeah, yeah, Darby. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. I don't know who I was thinking of. I don't know who I was thinking of that they saw. I was thinking of Chris Harris, but he used to be on the Broncos, but yeah. So some good corners they already had, I guess you can never have too many, but that pick surprised me. So, and then they bought in Teddy Bridgewater too, which I really didn't understand necessarily. Like, it's not like Drew Locke is so much worse than Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I think Bridgewater's just a game manager or a, a gap quarterback. But yeah, I guess if they were in on the Aaron Rodgers move, they they wouldn't have drafted a quarterback. But then why get Teddy Bridgewater in the first place? I don't know. Just a bit of a head scratcher. All right, Tom, uh, what what do you got, winners and losers? All right, win winners, I got to get them out. Losers, I got to get them out. So we've got Mac Jones, Christian Barmore, Ronnie Perkins, Ramondre Stevens, and Cameron McGrone. It just makes sense to put the Patriots to number one. They just clearly took consensus favorites as players. They went with their board. They trusted their guts, and I think they got it right. Uh, for number two, I've got the Bears. You get Justin Fields and Tevin Jenkins. That's already a W. And then you get Thomas Graham Jr. in the sixth round, who's a great corner out of Oregon. And you get Khalil Herbert in the sixth round, who's a solid running back. So they're a winner. And then you got the uh, 
the Lions with Panay Sewell and Levi Anwuzarike, Andaline McNeil, and Yvette Melifanu, and Amonra St. Brown. So you just got a bunch of great players who are going to fit into your team. Panay Sewell is going to be your starting tackle day one. Levi Anwuzarike is going to be a nice 3 4 DN. Aline McNeil is a true nose tackle. Yvette Melifanu has high upside at corner. Amonra St. Brown is a solid possession receiver and then you also get jamar jefferson in the seventh round who's just a solid running back so that's clearly a win you've got the chargers who just have rashawn slater and asante samuel jr two guys who i think might be hall of famers in the future just fall fall to them they don't have to trade up to get them so that's just a great draft and you also get uh who was it? You also get Larry Roundtree the third, who's just a cool name. It doesn't really affect the draft at all. Uh, for the Titans, as winners, you get Caleb Farley, Dylan Radunes, and Monty Rice without trading up, which is just massive Ws across the board. Elijah Molden's going to be your day one starting uh, slot corner. You also get Rashad's, Rashad Weaver, a nice developmental edge, and then Brady Breeze, who can come in and play as a safety day one as like your third kind of rotational hybrid safety and then for the losers you got the Packers Eric Stokes his developmental corner might not even be able to start over Kevin King day one which is terrible you could take Josh Myers while Creed Humphrey's still on the board Amari Rogers was the only good pick of the draft and then after that you kind of just have a bunch of solid okay guys Kylan Hill and but like the reason they're true losers is because they re-signed Aaron Jones when you can get Kylan Hill in the seventh round, you already have uh, the big dude, um, what's it, A.J. Dillon out of Boston College. So you just have a bunch of running backs who are already pretty solid, and uh, you go and re-sign your running back to a $20 million deal instead of re-signing your all-pro center or any of your other guys. You bring back four guys during free agency, and then you just don't do anything in the draft that's super special. So that's a clear loss. You got the Raiders, who are just going to be the Raiders. They're always like that. Alex Leatherwood in the first round. Trayvon Mowrig was a solid pick, but everyone else is kind of bad. Divine Diablo is a cool guy, but uh, yeah, he's he's already, he's just like a solid like kind of Jonathan Abrams type, which probably means they're going to cut Jonathan Abrams. Um, then you have the Rams. Of course, they used the, their first round pick and their third round pick to get uh, – Jalen Ramsey, which is a great thing, but their draft, they get Tutu Atwell, who's okay, and everyone else is just bad. Bobby Brown's okay, but, like, the Rams just didn't do well. They didn't get anybody special. They didn't get anybody who people considered as even solid picks at the spot, so it just doesn't really make sense. Then you have the Saints. They have a really bad draft. They get Paulson Adebo, who's good, but otherwise it's just bad all around. There's no reason for any of the other picks. Um... You get the Colts, who have a really bad draft. Deo Denebo is not a great pick in the second round. You get Quiddy Payne in the first, which is good, but everybody else is just bad. Uh, and then you have the Steelers, who just don't address offensive line at all. They get Kendrick Green, Dan Moore, who are okay, like developmental guys, but they're not going to be able to start day one. They take Najee Harris in the first round, which is just not good. And, uh, yeah, it's just not a good draft. And then – I do want to point out that the football team took a really bad long snapper in this in the draft, which is like just an L. Um, the Panthers also took a long snapper, but he was considered consensus, consensus like number one long snapper, so that's okay, I guess. But there's no reason to take a long snapper in the draft at all. So.
Yeah, I'm also of the um, criticism of the Najee Harris pick. Well, I think he's great. I don't. I think running backs you should never take them in the first round. I know that's got a little bit ironic coming from a Giants fan that took Saquon second overall. And I hate to say it, uh, I love Saquon, but I'm 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 starting to have a few regrets about that pick. To be honest with you. I think there's every year, and there's going to be another one this year. There's going to be a running back for a team that was picked in like the on the third day, or an undrafted free agent that's going to start this year, run for a thousand yards, be a great story. Philip Lindsay was that guy. James Robinson. There's Austin Eckler was undrafted. I'm pretty sure. So there's always a guy that's going to come in here and and just tear up the league. Could be Michael Carter. I, I I don't know who it's gonna be. It's gonna be someone drafted late. Could be Trey Sermon of Ohio State, personal favorite of mine. But yeah, I like what you said, Tom, about all those picks. And yeah, the Steelers. I don't know. I, I didn't love what they did either. They were they were up there for my losers. Um, I do think Najee Harris is gonna help them from just a dynamic perspective of how he can be out of the backfield on screens and stuff. I just don't really agree with taking a running back in the first round unless they're that good. And honestly, the Saquon picks different because I think Saquon was more generational than Najee Harris. Is Najee Harris is good? I don't think he's a generational talent. I think Saquon was. So I guess it makes more sense there. Um, that was this draft was really interesting because I think the scouting process was a bit foggy due to COVID. Of not a lot of teams not a lot of teams played a lot of guys opted out Trey Lance played one game uh this this past season so it was a bit hard to predict which I now now I want to bring up that the Trey Lance pick all along it was going to be Mac Jones or Trey Lance it was Trey Lance and I'm not mad about it I think I like I said I think they should have taken Justin Fields but taking Trey Lance wasn't wasn't a bad pick. I think he, with the right coach, I think Kyle Shanahan is the right coach in the right system, which I think the Niners have the right system with that run game and George Kittle, young, good receivers, you know, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. I think it, it could work out there. I think he's, he's raw, very raw Trey Lance, but I think he, it could work out. The one thing that's interesting though, is I don't think he's going to be starting this year unless Jimmy G's just got awful, but I think for now he's going to sit, learn from Jimmy G. It's just funny to me that pretty much Trey Lance is already expected to like get this team to a Super Bowl. That's kind of what they traded up to do. They traded up to get a quarterback that's going to take them there. So as a, I don't know about as a rookie, but as a young guy, he's going to be expected to take this team to glory. So I think that's a lot on his shoulders. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I think it was a – better pick than Mac Jones for the Kyle Shanahan offense because Kyle Shanahan he really like makes quarterbacks better so he'll allow um he'll allow him to play more to his strengths and he's worked a lot under Trey Lance has worked a lot under center so that will be something going for him a lot of play action type plays I don't think he'll play in the first in his first season unless obviously as you said if Jimmy G is like 
really not good, maybe he'll come in. But I think he's a little more of a developmental prospect, which I think is what they're looking for. But he has a lot of potential. And if you're going to bet on anybody to develop a quarterback, it's Kyle Shanahan. So I'll put my money there. I would agree with that. And um, then they came out afterwards, the 49ers and, 49ers and said, we were never going to take Mac Jones. Who knows if that's true? It could have just been a smokescreen to distract everyone. I think they would have been stupid to take Mac Jones at three. And so I'm glad they didn't do that. I like Trey Lance, actually. I think he, he could be good. I, I think he um, fell into a great situation over there in San Francisco. I think it'll work out for him. Um, yeah, and then Justin Fields, like I said before, Bears have never had a franchise quarterback. And I think now they do. I think that was a good spot for him, too. They had, they have Matt Nagy. I like him. Um, thought that was a good pick as well. I think overall this draft was very, very interesting in the fact that there were there weren't many great you know, pass rushers. Usually there is one or two pass rushers, but there weren't many that were supposed to go top top 15. A lot of quarterbacks, a lot of receivers. And like I said, I think I mentioned this two weeks ago, there have been two, uh, three other times that, that five quarterbacks went in the first round. And we all know what happened. In both of those cases, some of them didn't end up being good. Some of them, ended, a couple, usually one or two ended up being a bust. A couple were meh. And only one or two were actual franchise quarterbacks. I said Lawrence and Fields are going to be the franchise guys of that scenario. But they could all be great. They could all suck. One of them could be good. It could could be Trey Lance is the only one that's good. I guess we'll find out in three years. Yeah, so what's what's really great about this class is you have four quarterbacks with immense upside. You have Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, uh, Trey Lance. I do think Trey Lance will work out with 49ers. You might see him starting like probably around maybe the bye week or around like week nine or ten when you have Jimmy G just playing solid but not great. And if if there's reports where Trey Lance is doing great in practice, there's a high chance that he ends up coming in. And uh, I I really have a lot of trust in Trey Lance. I think he's going to be a good player. He has a high work ethic from all the reports. He seems like a good guy. I just think he's going to do well. So. Uh, yeah, that that's what I think for that. And then, like, just o- overall for this draft, it, it is very weird. You don't really know if the scouting reports will be right by the end of the season, by the end of the, by the end of their years. Like, you have no idea what's going to happen because it's just a lot of it's been a lot of smoke all around. You don't know who who's really good and who's really bad according to NFL GMs. You don't really know what's happening with. Uh, because there's a lot of teams trading back. There's a lot of teams trading up. Um, ne- never know what's going to happen really with the NFL, but especially this year after COVID h- hits, there's just no way you can really say that this player is going to be great because there's so many guys that, that were pushed down, pushed up when the consensus among scouts was really different for every team. Yeah, I think it's going to be tough to evaluate the the five quarterbacks that were taken in the first round. Just obviously everybody has their different rankings talent wise, but I just think it matters so much where they ended up. Like, for instance, Mac Jones, he's probably everyone's fifth quarterback out of the five based on the rankings. But 
he ends up in like with the Patriots and with McDaniels and they added a ton of weapons this off season. Does he, and he, you know, he might take over very early for Cam Newton. Does he like skyrocket off and guys like Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson who are in worse situations, not play as well at the start of season. I don't know. It'll be interesting to find out, but I think that is going to have a lot more to do with it than people see now. Tom said something that I loved, and you said solid but not great when talking about Jimmy G and his performance. I think that that just nails it on the head. And in today's NFL, there are a lot of quarterbacks who aren't necessarily bad. They're just not great. They're solid, like Jared Goff, like Jimmy G. I wouldn't say Jimmy G is a horrible quarterback. He's good but he's just average. And I think in today's NFL, average is not good enough to win. You're going to win only if you have an elite quarterback. You will not, you know, the days of, well, the quarterback could just be average as long as you have a good defense and a good run game and a good old line. No, your, your quarterback is so much more important than it ever was. So even teams with de- mediocre defenses, mediocre old lines, if you have an elite quarterback, you always have a shot. So I think Unless that, you're the Patriots. What? Unless you're the Patriots. Yes. Well, <laughs> they might be the exception to this rule, but Tom was absolutely right there. Jimmy G is just solid at the end of the day. They knew, Kyle Shanahan knew, that the only way he was going to get this team to a Super Bowl, because they're in a win-now mode, is by drafting a quarterback he thinks could be even better than that. And that's why I think the Rams did their trade with for Matthew Stafford – because they think Stafford is great. They know Jared Goff is just solid. He's average. They think that he's not going to get them there. They think um, Matt Stafford is going to play above and beyond and then win. That's why so many teams, they move on so fast. That's why the Cardinals drafted Kyler Murray a year after they drafted Josh Rosen, because they they knew Josh Rosen wasn't wasn't going to be that level. And I think Kyler Murray is a top 10 quarterback. They probably saw the same potential. And there you go. So that's why in today's NFL, the leash is so short, which is why, honestly, I'm surprised Daniel Jones is getting another season. I think he deserves it. But after this year, he's going to get the pull, the plug pulled on him. I don't know. I think he could be good this year. It's all I going to – I think it will all come down to how the offensive line plays. If the O-line is good, they brought in a lot of weapons. You get Saquon back. You know, he – he should have it all at his disposal. He was one of the best deep ball throwing quarterbacks. Now he's got people to actually throw the ball deep to, but we'll see if he's not good this year, they have to move on and they got the capital to move up for a quarterback if needed. But I think he has a chance to be good before his hamstring injury and ankles injuries toward after like that Bengals game, you know, right before he was starting to show a little bit more potential. So I, I it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I never hated the Daniel Jones pick. I thought it was like whatever. I guess I guess he's okay. But then if you move into this season where he throws twelve touchdown, he throws eleven touchdown passes. He gets twelve touchdowns overall in fourteen games. And I just said you have to move on now. And people don't seem to realize like he was really really bad last year. And uh, yeah, I I think. He could get a lot better this year, but I don't I don't really see that it will happen. I think it's a possibility. 
you know, it'll be interesting to see if he improves. Like it's, I just feel like it's so much of the supporting cast that, and also, you know, he played the Cardinals game, like completely banged up. He played like the Ravens game completely banged up and he got, um, I, it's very unlucky, I'd say. For instance, if Evan Ingram catches that ball on Thursday night football versus the Eagles, or if they call a pass interference penalty on that two-point conversion against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, it's a completely different script on Daniel Jones. So we'll, we'll see. He needs to come through, though, in the clutch moments, I think. I think that was a big weakness for him in the past two seasons. I liked I not that I liked the Daniel Jones pick as I didn't really like it, but I wasn't upset about it. Um, I like it. I actually like Daniel Jones. I'm a supporter. I think he's he's got a lot to offer. I think he's a good deep ball thrower. He's mobile. I just think, you know, he hasn't gotten much help. The offensive play calling, first of all, by Jason Garrett last year was was horrible. Young offensive line, no training camp, didn't learn. Saquon was out the whole year, lacking a big play receiver. Who knows, maybe this offensive line will learn a little more. Saquon will be back. Uh, Joe Judge will have a better game plan going in this year. New receivers, who knows what he can do. Maybe he'll light it up. Maybe he'll be the guy to take a third-year leap, hopefully. I mean, we can have our answer, but this is his make-or-break year. If he's not good this year – it's going to be moving on time. But if, if he is good, which I hope he is, then we can continue to build around him. Yeah, Daniel Jones is a mobile quarterback. He should be okay with bad line, but he's proven that he doesn't really have the awareness in the pocket to be great. And uh, the, the O-line should definitely be better. You have Andrew Thomas, who apparently got injured in preseason. He had an ankle injury and then kind of just played through it and got surgery at the end of the season. Matt Pert had won the starting job in week seven or eight, and then he got hurt and didn't play the rest of the season. And then uh, Will Hernandez just had a lot of weird stuff going on with getting COVID and just trying to play play through an injury. So I think those three should be better, but I don't trust Nick Gates at all. I think he's one of the worst players in the league. And then uh, Shane Lemieux is okay. Zach Colton is okay, but they're not going to be – they're not going to – they would be like, okay, he's your fifth best player on a good O-line. But, like, they're not anything, like, they're going to help the offense get better. So, it's really up to Daniel Jones progressing at this point, and I don't think he's going to progress enough to bring the Giants to a playoff run. That's funny because I think that Nick Gates is actually one of their best offensive linemen heading into this upcoming season just because, you know, Will Hernandez got benched last year. Matt Pert was – benched for cam fleming who's still a free agent andrew thomas he was sort of up and down and shane lemieux you know he was a good run blocker but he was graded as one of the worst pass blocking guards in the entire nfl so i don't know it'll be interesting but they need to develop if they're going to be a contending team this season i i uh i agree with what tom said before about Daniel Jones, and I also like Matt Pert a lot. I liked him when they drafted him, and I like him now. And you're right, he did get injured. I, I liked how he was playing, and I think Andrew Thomas got better. Shane Lemieux played decently, I thought. Will Hernandez, it's almost like he regressed. I thought he was getting better, and then this year he kind of took a step back. So, yeah, they're, they're all young. They're all very young. I'm pretty sure this whole offensive line is like 26 or younger. So 
they have time to learn. That's that's for sure. And I guess we'll see next year. I guess, like I said, I trust Joe Judge. So I I think he had a plan with this offensive line not to interrupt what was going on. So I, I think if he trusts this offensive line to mesh together and, and play well, then I guess then so be it. And we'll see this year if the Giants can put it all together. They got the pieces now. They got Saquon back. This is all – this is Daniel Jones. They set the table for him. It's up to him to come in here and, and get it done. And as for the Jets, the other New York team, this is another big pick with Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, they're relying on him now to be the savior of this franchise who hasn't had a good quarterback in so long. Sam Darnold – I don't think he got a fair chance. I don't think Adam Gase was the right coach. I think Zach Wilson is coming into a good situation. He's got a Mekhi Becton's young. He's getting Vera Tucker, who I think his kids can protect him. He's getting a, a new, brand new coaching staff. And I, like I said, I like Mike LaFleur. I like Robert Sala. So, again, I think that both New York quarterbacks this year have something to prove. So, I guess we'll see next year. Who comes out on top? Who does, who does what? Overall, I think there's a lot of hope in New York for both teams going forward. Yeah, I think the Jets, they're going, I feel like they're going to be one of those teams that just maybe they don't start great at like the beginning of the season. But then as you sort of get towards the end of the season, I think they're one of those teams that are going to really start rising up, especially as Zach Wilson and all their young offensive linemen and all their new receivers and everything start to mesh together. It, it could be very interesting to watch. I think the Jets have a lot to be excited about for this year and beyond. Yeah, I think the Jets get a great coach, probably going to be top 10, top five, like automatically already. And uh, the Giants, just a very young roster. They were the second youngest last year. They added Dory Jackson. They had Kenny Galladay. They had uh, Aziz Ojolari. They had Darius Tony. I think there's a chance they can be solid. They can be probably okay. Maybe even like a wild card team, but probably not. So there's just a lot, there's just a lot to think about with these teams. I think they will improve like from last year, but I, I don't know if either of them makes the playoffs or even does like great. I just think they're going to be solid teams, and that's that's something that's improvement for these teams. So that's a good thing. Dave Gettleman, I thought had a great off season getting Galladay, getting a Dory Jackson. Uh, the draft was one of his better. I mean, we, we, I guess we don't know if it was one of his better ones yet, but on paper, it looked good. He finally traded back, which he never did. Got a first rounder for next year out of it. Now we have two in the first round next year. Uh, we got Kadarius, who's going to, I think, help our offense, Aziz, who's going to help the pass rush a lot. I think it was, it was a great offseason for him. I, I know he was on the hot seat, and I think he kind of just, for now at least, until we actually start playing football, I think for now he, he's keeping his job. And then I guess if the results on the field prove it, he'll be here to stay, which I hope does because you don't want to – you never like to keep switching up the coach and the GM. You like to keep them together, so – uh, 17 game schedule this year is going to be a little bit different, but I could see the Giants maybe at best, if things go right, winning nine, 10, maybe even 11 games, and maybe seeking a wild card spot. Like Justin said before, a couple games last year were, you know, what if this, if that, give or take. So 
you know, you change, flip the script on a couple of those. We win eight games where we, we make the playoffs. That's how the division was. I don't know if the division is going to get much better, to be honest with you. So eight or nine wins might win this division next year. So the Giants, I, I would say they have a legit shot at winning it. I think their defense, it could take a step back or it could even get better, I think, with Patrick Graham. I love Patrick Graham. And they made the move with Adoree Jackson and getting Ojolari, re-signing Leonard Williams. I think defense could be even better. It was mainly the offense that held the team back, which is usually not the case. Now you get the offense solved, defense gets better. I can see this team maybe winning the division. Yeah, I can see anywhere between like six and nine wins for this team. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but there's a possibility. You never know. They have a really easy schedule and the division's terrible. So you never know. It can happen. Yeah, I, I could see them winning the division just c- only because the a lot of the other teams in the division, like I don't think the Eagles made massive improvements. I don't think the Cowboys made massive improvements. Washington, they're basically like the same team that they were last year, except they changed their quarterback from Alex Smith to uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, which is kind of like, you're not really improving that much. Like Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's shown that he can win, but how much better will he take them to the next level? I don't know. So I think the Giants made the most improvements this offseason. I hope I think they're going to be somewhere around the like obviously you can't be really be 500 anymore, but around that 500 mark, which I should be good enough to either win the division or maybe snag one of those wild card spots with the extra playoff games. Yeah, like you said, that that was my reasoning. The Eagles, I think, are going to be a three- or four-win team. I don't see them going very far. The Cowboys' defense is still in shambles. And I get maybe with Dak last year, they won more games. I just don't know how many they're going to win until that defense is better. They got Micah Parsons. They got Keanu Neal. We'll see if that helps out. Their corners are still an issue. And then, right, the football team, Jamin Davis, I think, is a very good pick for them, the linebacker from Kentucky. But – um, their defense was their strong suit. Their offense wasn't. They drafted Samuel Cosme, who could help out with their offensive line. But, yeah, I don't even know if who's going to be their quarterback. If it's Patrick, it could be Taylor Heineke. I'm not told – I'm really not sure who their quarterback's going to be. It might be a competition, but either way, you're right, it wasn't much of an upgrade from Alex Smith or Dwayne Haskins. So, um yeah, the Giants have – I think they do have a, a realistic shot to maybe win this division. Um, we're just about to end here. Um, anyone have any – Tom, any last-minute thoughts before we sign off? No, I'm good. Justin, anything you want to add before we sign off? Yeah, I think it was a good draft overall for the Giants. I think it was an interesting draft overall for the league. There's going to be more steals, I think and more bust than ever just because of the scouting process. A lot of the people fell because of medicals, like Trey Smith from Tennessee. He was like a projected second, third round guard, falls all the way to the sixth round to the Kansas City Chiefs because of medicals. If his medicals end up panning out after more evaluations, that could end up being one of the biggest steals of the entire draft. So it's going to be very interesting to see how it pans out and how these GMs really did, because we won't really know the answer, at least for after this year and next year, probably. 
Yeah, I kind of like that too. Not 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 really knowing who's going to be good, who's going to be bad. It just kind of like sets you up to like have good good takes and good claims, even when you're just a football fan who knows almost nothing. But uh, it's it's kind of fun just to see who's going to end up panning out. Of course, you don't want any of these guys to bust. You you feel like all right, this is a young guy. I hope he can make as much money as possible. I hope he can be great. But that's just not realistic at all. So. It, you just gotta you just gotta see what's gonna end up happening. I think I think it's cool that uh, there's so so many bus potentials and so many different things that could happen. Mm-hmm. And that is, it's sad to think that although all these guys are promising, realistically in the first round, maybe half of them will be Pro Bowl caliber players. Even the 2017 first round, which is like said to be one of the greatest first rounds. I think only like 20 of the picks are like very, are, you know, uh, star guys, pro bowlers. So if the, the odds of all 32 being very good are, are close to none. And I think especially this year with the way the scouting was with COVID, it'd be even more difficult to predict, but that's the beauty of it, right? That's the beauty of, at the end of the day, we can – we still don't know. You can know that everything about football, it's just a prediction. It's just a guess at the end of the day. So with that being said, that is going to close the show for us today. Good talk. Next um, next episode, we'll talk about more draft stuff. Uh, we'll get in maybe some baseball. I haven't talked about that in a while. So maybe we'll some talk, do some baseball talk about what's been going on. Thank you for watching Penn Station Sports Talk.